So some of you greeted me early this morning when I walked in and you said, so like, are you prepared? And I said, absolutely not. I'm not prepared. Um, but I think this morning you are going to help me um, be the church this morning. That's what we're going to do. And uh, so I am going to read the scripture and we'll honor um, uh, that opportunity that we have uh, with one another this morning. And then I'm going to uh, lead us through um, what's known as a Lectio Divina, which is a divine reading. It's going to be real simple, uh, but we're going to do so in groups. Um, but first, let's read God's Word. I'll read it for us and follow along on the screens. But I need my Bible, so let me grab my Bible. This is uh, from the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 2 through 17. Uh, for the next, uh, today and the next couple of weeks, we're going to be spending time uh, in this uh, last part of the book of Galatians, Paul's letter to the Galatian church. And uh, in chapter 5, starting in verse 2, following along on the screens, this is what Paul writes. He says, listen, I, Paul, am telling you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Once again, I testify to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he's obliged to obey the entire law. You who want to be justified by the law have cut yourselves off from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. The only thing that counts is faith, working through love. You were running well. Who prevented you from obeying the truth? Such persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough. I am confident about you in the Lord that you will not think otherwise. But whoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. But my friends, why am I still being persecuted if I am still preaching circumcision? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would castrate themselves. For you were called to freedom brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say. And do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the spirit. And what the spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. This is the gift of God's word to us, the people of God, this morning. Let's pray. Gracious Father in heaven, uh, we commit these words to you. We commit our time 
together in community to you and ask and invite you to come alongside us by your spirit to inspire and direct and, um, and feed us, teach us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So what I would like you to do is, um, is get into groups. You have to, groups, you have to have at least one other person beside yourself <laughs> to be considered a group. So you need to be mindful of who is around you. No one can be by themselves. That's rule number one. Number two, a group is going to be at least two people. So it could be two people, it could be five people. I don't care the number. We're not legalistic here, but it has to be at least two. And uh, I'm going to give you one minute to get into at least a group. And you can do so by turning around and inviting maybe the person behind you. It can be the people beside you. I'm not sure how you're going to structurally do it, but I want you to get into groups of at least two, and it can be as many as five. And then I'll tell you what we're going to do next. So ready, set, go. Okay, very good. It looks like you've done well. Step number one. Step number two is I want to make sure you have taken a time to introduce yourselves in the group. So I'll give you, you, you probably have already started that, but continue. Make sure you introduce yourselves as to who is in each other's group. Ready, set, go. You're introducing yourselves to each other. Okay, okay, okay. Now, if you are like me, and you lean towards being introverted, you're probably uncomfortable right now. And I get that. Where I've, I've, I've I asked you to be in a small group, and I've asked you to participate and to vocalize up to this point. But from this point forward, I want you in freedom. If there are things that I ask you to do and you don't want to do it, you don't want to say anything, you don't want to participate vocally in your group, in freedom, you don't need to, okay? This is a holy moment. This is our time to be together as community, and there is no burden that I'm trying to place on you, but I am going to ask you to be thinking in your small groups, and I'm going to ask you to participate, um, but you may be saying, I'm not comfortable doing that, and that's fine. Um, so I don't want you to feel burdened in any way, okay? But for those that are maybe extroverted, then you can take over for the, for the introverted <laughs> in the group. But we're going to be, the key is, is we're going to be listening to one another. And even in our silence, we listen, don't we? So Lectio Divina is a practice that has been around for centuries and centuries and centuries. Um, and it consists of five movements. And the first movement is silencio, or silence. The second movement is Lectio, or the actual reading. And we're going to read a couple of passages or verses from our passage this morning. 
The third movement is meditatio or meditation. We think about it and, and, and chew on what is it that we just read or heard or listened to. The third of the fourth movement is oratio or response. Um, this would be if we came prepared with pen and paper, we might write down our thoughts in a journal and we would respond back to the Lord based on what we've heard and meditated on at that point. The, fifth, uh, the fourth response is contemplatio or con uh, 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 contemplate, uh, kind of as a final movement before we head out into our incarnatio or we incarnate that which we have learned and go out into the world and be a people of hope and blessing based on our time of being with God and His Word uh, this morning. What we're going to do is um, do the divine part of the reading. So we're gonna, I'm going to point out a couple of passages. I want you to think about them in silence. And then as a group, I want you to discuss a couple of questions. The first uh, verse, set of verses we're going to look at from Galatians chapter 5 is verses 5 through 8. But before we go there, I want you to hear what Paul says at the very beginning of the book to Galatians. He's writing to a church that he um, and his colleagues uh, established in uh, the region of Galatia. And um, he says in chapter 1, verse 6, I am astonished. This is his letter. He, he, he says, first of all, to the churches of Galatia, grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to set us free from the present evil age, according to the will of God our Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. That's his welcome. And then he says this, and this is the context. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. I'm astonished. So now we're going to fast forward and we're going to verse chapter 5. And we've read these verses this morning. But I want you to think about these three verses starting in verse 5. For through the Spirit, by faith, we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. You were running well. Who prevented you from obeying the truth? Such persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. So I want you to sit with that for a couple of minutes, and then I'm going to read it again, and then you're going to discuss it in your small group. So just let's just be quiet before the Lord. For through the Spirit, by faith, we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. You were running well. Who prevented you from obeying the truth? Such persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. So what word or phrase 
stands out to you in these verses 5 through 8? What word or phrase, this is what you're going to discuss in your small groups. What word or phrase stands out to you, and what do you think God is saying here? So just speak within your small groups what comes to mind when you think of this, a word or a phrase, what stands out to you, and then secondly, what do you think God is saying here, okay? Discuss that in your small groups. Okay, one more movement, one more movement. Now that you are getting a sense that there's a rhythm to what we're discussing here, what word or phrase stands out to you, what do you think God is saying here? I'm going to read chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, and we'll do the same exercise. What word or phrase stands out to you, what do you think God is saying here, from Galatians 5, 13 through 16. But I'm going to be silent just for a moment. I want us to think and be um, our hearts prepared for what we're going to read in a second here. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. What word or phrase stands out to you? What do you think God is saying here? So go ahead in your groups and talk about that. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for helping me be the church this morning. The monkey was trapped because he wouldn't let go of the peanuts and bananas. Instead of being captured, the monkey could experience freedom if it would do one thing. And the one thing was to let go.
If the monkey would only let go, then it could experience and know this freedom. The monkey could go back and do the things it was created to do. Swing in the trees. Playing with its friends. Taking naps. Preening each other. You guys know what I mean when I say preening each other? Pulling the bugs and the ticks and the flies and the moss off of each other's hair. The Bible teaches us that Jesus came into our world to teach us to let go and to trust him to be our friend and our joy and our love and to trust him to be the one who gives us power to live rightly before him, power to live um, with joy and peace and thanksgiving to be a people of hope and blessing to our neighbors, to love one another as he has loved us. That's what the life in the Spirit is all about, and I'm assuming over the next couple of weeks, Mary and Kurt will continue to unpack this notion of being free uh, in the Spirit. And I pray that God would richly bless our time as we spend uh, it with him over these next couple of weeks in Galatians I'm going to pray for us now as the choir comes up. Gracious Father, thank you for um, your truth that there is a new way, a life-giving way, a way in which we can experience you by your Spirit. We cannot do life on our own, in our own power, in our own strength. We are always left wanting. We are always left without enough resource. Your way is for us to let go of the things that we hold on to that prevent us from experiencing life with you in the full, in abundance. Your call to us is to let go of the things that bog us down and prevent us from experiencing you as our God and King and Lord. When we let go of that which hinders us and it traps us and holds us captive, whether it's our fear or our doubt or our pride, our arrogance, whether it is our accomplishments, when we release these into your hands and say, not my will, but yours be done. More of you and less of me. Then we can know and understand and experience true freedom. We can know your power and we can know your presence in our daily lives, in our thinking, in our relationships, in our ability to love one another as you have loved us. Thank you, God, for your spirit who freely gives and teaches us and blesses us now. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In response to our being...